think you heard the battle for the sword. I got both Coach Strasser and Terry Peebles on with us today. So we'll talk about their matchups coming into this week. We're at the halfway mark now of the high school football season. So we'll hear from them um, and uh, a little bit more. So uh, we have plenty of stuff, including your chance to go see Purdue Volleyball. Listen, Purdue Volleyball, USC, sold out. I keep telling you this. The whole season, sold out. I have tickets for all the home games here for you to win. Next one I've got for you, Friday night, 8 p.m., Holloway Gymnasium, uh, a future Big Ten class here, Purdue, USC. Uh, you want to go, give me that text. Boiler up, the 765-447-4080. Right there on the good old Hammerhead hotline, 765-447-4080. You give me that boiler up text, I'll get you a chance to win them. That's Friday night. Why not make it a great weekend on campus, right? You got the Saturday night going on. You got Friday night first, Purdue USC. Get over to Holloway Gymnasium. It's such an electric atmosphere. This team, an absolute wagon. And now you got Coach Shondell hitting the gritty in the locker room after victories. Oh, boy. Ready to go. Ready to go. Text Boiler Up to 765-447-4080. And then we got you. In the running here, I'll draw out a winner as soon as I go off the air again and hook him up with tickets. Tomorrow, man, I got more tickets for football. That's how I roll, man. I'm hooking you up. I got press pass, man. You gotta win these tickets. I don't need them. I'm not going to use them. I'm sitting way up top. I want you to go have fun, all right? So, boiler up. Text it in to 765-447-4080, and you're registered to win Purdue volleyball tickets for Friday night, 8 o'clock, Holloway Gymnasium, Purdue, USC. you got to get your face in the place. It's sold out, and I got your way in here. Right now, let's get started, much like we always do with Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. All right, as the Cubs continue their march into the playoffs here, Pete Crow Armstrong got the start last night as a Cub. Didn't go as planned. Could have gone better. He was over 4. Cubs lose 6-4. to four. He did make some defensive plays. Uh, Cubs own an early 2-0 lead before their old pal Chris Bryant hit an RBI single in the fourth. That helped kick off a little Rockies rally to put him up 4-2. to Say a Suzuki in the sixth. Yard. See you later. Get that thing out of here. Two-run homer to tie it up. And then here comes Chris Bryant again. He homers in the bottom of the inning. And uh, that would be the winning run. Javier Assad, three and a third. Five hits, four runs, four walks, four Ks. Sega Suzuki, three for four. Two runs, three RBIs. He's hitting 412 this month. Just one game in September he hasn't recorded a hit. Nico Horner, two for five in this one. Uh, we're getting ready for the rubber match here, which pops off in about five minutes. Jameson Tyen takes on Ty Blatch, a lefty with a 4.58 ERA. Nobody really has a ton of experience against him except for Cody Bellinger, who's seven for 22 lifetime. That's a 3.18 average. Dansby Swanson's two for five. Ian Happ's three for four. That's it. But it is Colorado, and those balls will go to the moon if you hit them. Look, you know Cody Bellinger's money against lefties. Just throwing that out there. Uh, Sox did play a doubleheader yesterday. They split 6-2 to two the first one, 11-10 they lose the second one. Game two's a little impressive because... <coughs> well, excuse me. 
uh, because the uh, Sox came roaring back down nine runs after three innings. They put up eight runs in the sixth alone, but it ain't enough to get the job done. Last one tonight in the rubber match here, uh, Clevenger versus Steven Cruz. That is set for 740. All right, NFL uh, Colts in Houston on Sunday. The Texans are putting Noah Brown and Hassan Ridgeway on IR today. Interesting note there. Also, there's talks of... We know the Bears are not happy with Chase Claypool. There's there's rumors that he might not see the field this week. We'll see. There's just It's just rumors. It's Wednesday. But nobody in Chicago happy with his effort. This is going to be interesting. You spend a second-round pick on him, which, by the way, as a Steeler fan... Appreciate that one. Uh, <laughs> Purdue baseball has a fall ball schedule. Uh, all home events open to the public with free admission. Uh, Sunday at noon, they're going to be down at Louisville, but then Sunday the 15th, they'll be at home 1 p.m. versus Dayton. There's also a lot of open scrimmages throughout the week uh, that you can go and attend. Again, it is free. And PurdueSports.com has that full schedule for you if you want to check that out. I believe softball, they didn't have a write-up on the thing, but uh, they do have a fall schedule as well. They're going to host Marion for two on the 17th, which is Sunday, noon and 2.30. It's going to be crowded over there as soccer is at 1 o'clock. Uh, Then the following weekend, Huntington at 2 o'clock, Ball State at 2.30 on uh, the following Sunday. Uh, They'll have a matchup, uh, two against U-Indy on the 6th, which is a Friday. Uh, And then uh, Bryant and Stratton on the 15th. What the heck is Bryant and Stratton? Oh, is it just Bryant College? And Stratton? No, it's a Bryant and Stratton College. I did not know that. Do you want to take a guess where that's located? I don't know because I just started to Google it. And I have a Bryant and Stratton College in Akron, in Wisconsin, in Buffalo. Man, I don't know. But if you want to get out and see some Purdue softball... Uh, all those games are played at Biddinger, uh, which you can check out. Oh, there is a write-up on this. I know I saw the tweet. No, there's just the schedule. Uh, I know I saw the tweet, but I did not see anything else outside of that. So, yeah, uh, it's on the schedule if you go to PurdueSports.com if you want to go back and, and, and check that whole rundown out. But that all starts on the 17th, which is this Sunday, uh, with a doubleheader against uh, Marion. There you go. Thursday night football tomorrow night. You can hear that action on 101.7 The Hammer. I keep on trying to go through and find... Yesterday we came up with those great, great uh, numbers on double-digit losses. Second week uh, of the NFL. So I was trying to find something good for the Thursday night game. 
But I just nothing's really speaking to me. People are trying to talk me into the Justin Jefferson under. And I don't hate that. But also, I because I know how good that secondary is for Philadelphia. But at the same time, I think he's pretty frustrated with what happened last week. And I think there's going to be a lot of passing in this game regardless. I think TJ Hawkinson's the guy to key in on for Minnesota this week. Uh, I'll tell you this, the line for the Vikings is down to 6.5. It's starting It's starting to trend that way. It is in Philadelphia. I don't mind the, the 7 if you can still get it for the Vikings for Thursday night. Maybe we put together same game parlay for tomorrow with the uh, because I feel like I got to get on Hawkinson. Addison looked really good, but I think they're going to go all out to stop Jefferson. If that's the case, Madison and uh, Addison, Jordan Addison and 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 Hawk, man, I feel like those are the guys that you got to got to focus in on. I need to do a little bit more work on Eagles. They're, they said they're going to get. Um, Swift more involved in the run game this week. A.J. Brown didn't exactly have the greatest week last week either. I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. Don't forget our friends over at DraftKings that got you covered on that front, too. They've got boosts for you every game day. That includes tomorrow, so make sure you're logging in, see what you get. You can't wait till tomorrow. Wednesday's a, a no-sweat MLB bet kind of night. But you can get a no-sweat game uh, on Thursday, a no-sweat bet for your Thursday. And they're also going to do that get-up seven early and you win, which I absolutely love. And again, I always tell you, Minnesota at plus 210 to get up by seven points. I mean, come on. How can you not take that with that promo? Don't minus two fifty eight. What are you going to do with that on the Eagles? I mean, it just begs for you to take the plus money on the promo. I'm not saying go crazy with it. I'm not saying the Vikings are going to win. I'm just saying <laughs> if you're going to take advantage of the program, the promo, I believe that's the way to do it. I've also got a Thursday night fifty percent boost. Great promos coming out of there, and the touchdowns are oh. Oh, my gosh. There's another book out there that I will tell you has absolutely nuked your touchdown odds. DraftKings, so much better. I saw another book with um, Thursday night bets with a running back who got three touches last week. And Swift was at, like, plus 160. I mean, it was insanely bad. Plus 165 on this other book. I mean, that's, that's, no. No. 100% unacceptable for a guy that had, like I said, it was like less than five carries. Just be careful. Look around. Shop around. DraftKings is doing a good job. Uh, We got a break. Don't go anywhere. When we come back. Coach Josh Strasser going to join us next. McCutcheon Mavericks head coach. Hang around. And don't forget to keep on texting in to win those tickets. Purdue Volleyball versus USC Friday night, 8 p.m. Text BOILERUP 
the 765-447-4080. It's sold out, but I got your tickets here to win. We'll draw the winner at the end of the show. That's all on the way. That's coming up here on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Don't forget, you still want to win those volleyball tickets for the USC matchup on Friday. You got to text Boiler Up into 765-447-4080. We'll get your register draw a pair, uh, a winner here at the end of the show. But we're over to the Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. We're going to talk with Coach Josh Strasser, McCutcheon Mavericks. Uh, coming out of the sword game, not the, not the ending that they wanted 30 to 13 that final. But a team that continues to get better, Coach. Uh, great to see you here uh, again this week. Let's go back to the sword. Um, got look, got punched in the mouth a little bit early on in that one, but you guys fought back. Got a couple of uh, explosive plays, including that uh, 80-yard touchdown pass to Riser. Shamar Ray's right place, right time gets in there. You guys cut into that, but uh, nobody really found any traction on offense in that second half. Not the outcome you wanted, but boy. Uh, I, I was really impressed, especially with the defense uh, in that second half. Did a tremendous job, I thought. Yeah, you know, Harrison's speed, team speed is just phenomenal. And, you know, it's hard to duplicate that uh, during the week of practice. And uh, just something that, um, you know, I, I think caught us off guard at the start. They were able to, you know, to their credit, you know, get to the edge and bust some long plays. And definitely not a not a first quarter that uh, – that, we envisioned uh, going into it, um, you know, really hoping that we could keep it, uh, keep that score down and, and get them into the second half and see what we could do. But, you know, to, to their credit, you know, they, they use their speed well and that offense, um, you know, it, they do some well-designed plays that, you know, put defenses in a bind. So, um, you know, just, uh, you know, we we started in a hole really fast. Um, but, you know, for the, the remaining three quarters, I, I was really impressed with, with our team's fight and poise, and um, you know, you know, I, I know in the past, you know, you know, McCutcheon teams have have kind of folded in in situations like that, and our, our team stuck together, and we just kept going back to work, and you know, just trying to chip away, and you know, when it got twenty two thirteen, I thought we were in a good position. You could kind of feel the momentum going, and then we gave up a you know, and then we gave up another TD. So, um, you know, it was just something a learning experience for our kids, but. You know, I think they, they realize that, that they can battle with a team like Harrison. And, and um, you know, we're, we're halfway through the season now and, you know, plenty of opportunity to get better this week. Yeah, I know. I'm sure you've uh, found some admiration for Carter Canoy, who was just fantastic for them last week. And uh, another one of those guys with the speed that you talk about uh, you know, so much there with Harrison. But like I said, again, uh, the fact that the defense was able to slow that down somewhat of course, a couple penalties uh, negated some great yards for that young man specifically. But uh, you know, on the whole, in the second half, we're looking for those steps forward there, and, and I feel like that's where you guys definitely took another step forward was uh, slowing down what could be a very high-powered offense. We, we talked about the size up front and everything too, um, and I, I didn't think you guys uh, shied away from that challenge at all at any point uh, on Friday night. No, definitely not. Uh, you know, our guys wanted that challenge. They wanted to see where they stack up. Um, you know, they hear it for an entire year, and they were they were willing to take that on and see see what they could do with that. Um, you know, I, I feel like interior-wise on the defensive line, we're doing a pretty nice job up front, especially against their big men. Um, you know, they, they, they throw some punches, and our guys had hold stable at times, and, and, you know, we really didn't give up a lot down the middle, um, you know, which is something that, 
you know, Harrison's offense is designed so well that they've got speed to get to the edge. But, um, you know, the, the quarterback, Dylan, he, he does a nice job, you know, carrying the ball through, you know, and, uh, you know, slicing up the defense right up the middle. And I, I felt like that was something we took away. Um, and, and they had to look other ways. And, you know, they were, like I said, they were able to get to the edge in the first half. And, you know, we really tried to, you know, we made some adjustments at halftime and able to, you know, limit that. And like you said, the penalties helped uh, keep them at bay as well. We're talking with Josh Strasser here on our uh, Hammerhead Hotline, McCutcheon Mavericks head coach, a guy who uh, I'm never sitting down at a poker table with after watching uh, Riverboat Josh Strasser early. I mean, you got aggressive. There was that fourth and seven call, and I'm still trying to figure out how in the heck Owen Smith threw that across his body right there, a a line down the sideline there, kept the feet in. I mean, you got aggressive early on that one. Uh, was that by design? Was that kind of in the moment? You felt that one uh, was a great risk to take? Uh, or was that something that you kind of came into that game going, hey, we're going to have to be aggressive if we want to win this game? Well, we knew going in that, you know, against a team like Harrison, you know, they're, you know they've, they've got a really solid defense that really limits the big plays and an offense that can score, at, you know, at bay most times. So, you know, it was something that, that we knew going in that we were going to have to take some chances um, on, on some, you know, third down, some fourth down situations and try to try to keep the ball out of their hands and give us more opportunity, um, you know, to, uh, you know, to score. So, and, you know, if I were to create a, a you know, a, a yearbook, of Owen Smith, you know, he, he's made phenomenal plays, um, whether it's been by design or whether it's been flushed, rolling out of the pocket and connecting somebody down the sideline. He's done it numerous times this year. He did it numerous times last year. Um, the guy's just got a great, um, great vision down the field, uh, especially under pressure, and and he can throw a dime, um, you know, when when it counts. And you know, he he's a playmaker, and um, you know, he's going to continue to do that for us. The improvisation that he has is just, boy, it's rare at this level that you can get away with doing with some of the things that he does. Uh, he doesn't always get away with it, but you know, at least once or twice a game. I'm left looking around, going, "How? How? How? How did he do that?" There's no way. Uh, but yeah, he definitely, he definitely made a couple of great passes uh, in the game last week. This week, uh, you guys will hit the road. You'll go take on Logan Sport, a team's coming off a 48 to 12 win over Tech last week. Uh, they played some good competition uh, early on in the season. I know they're only one and three, but um, you, you know, another chance to get better as you hit the halfway mark here, Coach. Uh, this was a game last year that you know, came down to that field goal. We, we called that game here on 101.7 The Hammer. I, I think that was probably the most frustrating loss of the year last year because you had it in the hands and, and it got away from you here. Um, what do you see with this year's version of the Berries that uh, is going to give you problems here on Friday night? Yeah, well, this is definitely a game that's been circled on our calendar. You know, um, you know, we talked with the guys on Monday. You know, this is a, a team that came in and uh, – you know, we, we felt really confident in how we performed offensively last year, minus a couple turnovers of defense, you know, really gave up some big plays and allowed them in as a game. They scored late, um, and then we got a chance right at the end of the game to kick field goal, and, and we lost it, and you know, they're celebrating in the middle of our field, and, you know, we reminded our guys of that, and that's not something anybody wants happening on on their home field. So um, our, our guys are a little motivated from that. They're a little motivated from that Harrison loss, and a little motivated, um, you know, for, um, you know, what, what Logan Sport came in and did last year. And, you know, you know, a few short months later, they're a part of, uh, you know, remo- our removal from the conference. So I would definitely say there's some motivation there. 
for our guys this week. Um, Coach Johnson's a you know his, his programs are always you know well taught and uh, well disciplined, and uh, they're going to take advantage of whatever the defense is giving them. So that, that's something that we've got to be prepared for. We, we've got to be disciplined on defense. Um, you know they they can you know that offense they can eat clock, and uh, you know if you don't execute offensively. And they're eating clock, but uh, that the narrows the window for you and makes uh, makes the game a little bit slower and uh, you know a little bit less chance that uh, that you can score some points. So definitely something that we've got to execute offensively and uh, defensively. We we've got to limit the big plays, um, which I would say outside of the Harrison game, we we've been doing a pretty solid job of that defensively, and um, you know our, our guys are much improved over last year. Now let's talk a little bit about that improvement here. We're hitting halfway mark uh, of the season, Coach, with uh, this week's games. Kind of go back to where you're at in the summer when you guys got started uh, up until this point here. Talk about some of the improvements in the areas that you guys made, maybe even a couple of players specifically that have uh, really impressed you with how they developed all the way from the summer up until this point. Yeah, you know, it, it really starts up front defensively for us. You know, we, we had some question marks on defense. We weren't sure how this defense was going to perform with some of the changes we made. And, you know, they've kind of been our anchor so far, you know, to this point this season. And, uh, you know, one of those guys that's you know, really been a surprise to us that, that we noticed, you know, late late winter, early spring, um, that he had an opportunity. Malachi Kenner, the guy's just a force inside. You know, really strong kid, low leverage, um, you know, really good with his hands. And he's, he's causing problems. Um, he's causing problems every Friday night. Um, whether it's Garen or Westside or Harrison, um, uh, the guy's doing a great job inside, and we, we've really got some nice athletic ability in our linebackers. You know, um, Brock Finney and uh, Derek P had great nights on Friday night against Harrison, and uh, those guys kind of anchor the inside. Um, and, and then our athletic ability outside. You know, we've got Keon Chibi and Broderick Arnold in the backfield, along with uh, Captain R.J. Morrison. Um, those guys are playing really well for us defensively and doing a nice job. Coach Josh Strasser, the McCutcheon Mavericks, set to hit the road against Logansport this week. Uh, Coach, uh, best of luck as we hit the halfway mark here. There is still plenty of football left to play, and I feel like the Mavericks keep on getting better every time we see them. So uh, keep on keeping on. Sectionals be here before you know it, buddy. Hey, we are looking forward to uh, you know this week and just uh, those daily. Welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. We're over to the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline where Coach Terry Peebles is on with us. Harrison Raiders, winner of the sword last week, a game that you heard right here on 1017 The Hammer. Coach, first and foremost, congratulations on that. Always nice to get another notch on the sword. 30-13, uh, to 13, I'm sure you were uh, pleased with uh, your team, especially the defense in the second half, pitching that shutout. Yeah, yeah. I, I, obviously, you're you're happy to win anytime you play a rival. Uh, you know, when you go back and look at the game, I don't. We didn't play a very clean game or a very crisp game. Uh, but if you would have told me before before the game started, it was going to be thirty thirteen, and you guys are going to be the winners. I would have been. I, I would have taken that any day. Um, you know, we were just kind of talking there. It, it wasn't without some of its mistakes, um, and you know, they do happen over the course of these games. I I, I get it, but. Uh, everything seemed rather fixable. I, I thought offensively some explosive plays there yet again. But uh, like I said, I, I just I was really impressed with uh, what you guys were able to do defensively, especially after you know the Mavericks. You guys got up on that nice early lead. Mavericks kind of punched back a little bit there, but they didn't panic uh, and uh, they settled right back in and 
they shut the door after those 13 points. Yeah, I think, you know, their first touchdown was an 80-yard touchdown pass, which, you know, equated about half their passing yards. And then their second touchdown was on a play that would have been a pass breakup on our part. Uh just so happens that when we went to knock the ball away, it popped up in the air. One of their guys caught it on the run and ran it in for a touchdown. So uh, sometimes, sometimes those things happen. But over the course of the game, I thought the defense played really, really well. Uh, we're definitely flying around uh, and did a good job, you know, controlling the run. And, uh, you know, other, other than the, the two passes, I, I think played a really, really, really solid football game. I know the one thing that you were concerned about going into that one uh, was your, uh, and I kind, of, I kind of thought you were joking a little bit. I thought maybe you were being uh, overly confident. And you said uh, it was uh, it was the snap to uh, the quarterback was your uh, biggest worries. And I was like, oh, well, we're really confident. But then you explained it to us the, the situation that you were in. Uh, how do you feel about that exchange going into uh, this week's matchup with uh, Anderson? Hopefully, better. I feel better. I feel like we'll we'll get our starter back. Uh, you know, we still, this is week five, and we still haven't had our five offensive linemen play together in a game. So uh, we, we haven't been great uh, running the ball between the tackles. We've been very explosive on the outside, and, and some of that technically counts as, as the passing game, but most of those are screens and jet sweeps and things like that where our perimeter blocking has to be very good, and, you know, we get a kind of our explosive guys out in space. Um, but, but if we can get all five of those guys back together, hopefully we can get the inside running game uh you know where it needs to be if we if we're gonna if we're gonna compete for the uh, conference championship. Yeah, and, uh, another chance here this week to get better and uh, take another step in the NCC. Would you guys take on Anderson? The Indians one and three coming off a loss to Marion last week. When uh, you look at Anderson on tape, uh, what do they do really well, Coach? What concerns you? Uh, they got a couple of really good athletes. Dontrez Fuller. Um, Number two is is a really good player, um, and number four, their middle linebacker, who's also a running back, is a, is a really good football player. Um, so they, they don't, they, they're not. I'm not sure they have as many as they want. They don't have a full 22 yet, uh, but they're working in the right direction, and, and they show signs of being good at times. Um, you know, they're just like anybody else at this point in the season, they they're, they're just shooting themselves in the foot a little bit. Um, but but we're we're doing the same thing, so we got to work on us, and I'm sure they're saying the same thing. They just got to work on them at this point. Has that been the big message at uh, practice this week? You take a look back at those penalties and some of those uh, mistakes that you made. I mean, including I mean, uh, poor Scooter Canoy had uh, that uh, touchdown uh, off the uh, kickoff brought back because of a penalty. I mean, has that been kind of the uh, rallying call this week? Is uh, to kind of work more maybe on the mental aspect of things? Yeah, you know, Carter would have had 300 yards of total offense or, uh, you know, all-purpose yards, uh, you know, had we not held. And, you know, I think we ended up with 12 penalties. And, you know, after the game, me and the assistant coaches were talking, ah, those officials were pretty flag-happy. And then, then on Saturday we watched the film, and I think we committed 12 penalties. I mean, we there were definitely some holds in there. Uh you know, we, we got called for a blocking below the waist where a kid tripped and fell into a kid. So he obviously didn't do it on purpose, but it did happen. So they got to throw the flag. Uh, so just those, some of those uh, some of those things you just got to clean up. And it, you know, if we go into the, uh, the you know sectionals or or a game against Lafayette Jeff like that, you know, just, we're, we're, the outcome is probably not going to be very good. Yeah, that matchup with Jeff uh, coming up next week. You guys will be able to uh, host that, and you'll hear that. 
on 101.7 The Hammer as well. Coach Terry Peebles, as the Raiders uh, knock off one of those goals from the beginning of the season, they've reclaimed the sword, will uh, hit the road and take on Anderson this week before they return against the Broncos next week. Coach, always a pleasure talking some football with you again. Congratulations on retaining the sword, and uh, best of luck this week against Anderson. Back on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Big thanks to Coach Terry Peebles and thanks to Coach Josh Strasser as well as we talked a little high school football today. Uh, I do have, the, you're almost out of time to get registered for these volleyball tickets. Friday night against USC, it is sold out in Hallway Gymnasium, 8 p.m. Uh, just text me Boiler Up to the Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, 765 447 4080. That number again is 765 447 Eight zero. Make sure that you get that in, and uh, you'll be uh, you'll, you'll have your chance to win these things. I'm gonna draw them out as soon as we go off the air here. I'll run the machine here to pick the random one, and uh, we'll we'll contact that winner. If you want to go again, seven six five four four seven four zero eight zero. Just text Boiler up to that number, and I got your chance tomorrow. More tickets. Uh, your last chance to get into uh, the football game on Saturday night that's sold out against Syracuse. That's tomorrow's tickets. But today, we're living in the now, and it's Purdue USC Volleyball. Go see Coach Shondell and company. And Chloe Chicoin's probably going to be player of the week in the conference again. Why would you want to miss that? You don't. So make sure you text it in for your chance uh, to win. All right, a couple updates here. Uh, the Cubs won nothing at the end of two. Cody Bellinger with a sack fly in the first. Cubs uh, with four hits here. Colorado just one hit. Jameson Talion's been solid in two innings here, three strikeouts. And, uh, my gosh, Patrick Wisdom even got on base. Look out. Firing on all cylinders are the Cubbies right now. Um, and P. Crow Armstrong is playing as well, but he's batting ninth. He is uh, 0 for 1 so far. But the, and he's up right now, right? Or am I, no, it's just catching up to this. It's the end of the second. I'm so sorry. Like, I just literally clicked on the ESPN, and you know, if you leave it, it's going, it's cycling through all the at bats here. So I'm a little bit behind. My apologies. Time for some of the things we may have missed. I, I alluded to this at the top of the show. That there were rumors, and uh, I was looking for the quotes because I knew they were out there someplace, and I didn't get it. Matt Eberflus, um, they, they asked him about, you know, Claypool not looking like he's giving 100% effort out there. So would you deactivate Claypool in favor of St. Brown for the trip to Tampa? He said, quote, we're looking at all possibilities right now. Not going to talk about who's going to be up or down for the game for obvious reasons. We're looking at all things to make our team better. The question is, you want to send a message to Claypool and get him to react. What works out better, do you think? Threatening sending him down, benching him? Or actually benching him? And if you look at both, if you think both of those work, you look at those options. What what is best for for him going forward? Is he look? I would. I think the threat, and you put him out there, and you see what he's going to do now, is the way to go. 
I watched him the first couple of years as a Steeler. I, I, I will tell you this. And I said this when he got traded to Chicago. I wasn't the biggest fan. I thought when the chips were down, he acted out. I thought he showed a little bit of a lack of maturity when the game wasn't in doubt anymore. I was more than happy to give him up. I was ecstatic when I found out it was a second-round pick. But I thought he could do something with Chicago. I've been wrong in that aspect because he just has not shown up. I don't know if he's just not happy or what, but he is. they have lost on that trade. It's not even close. And his lack of effort at a professional, I mean, they just it shows the maturity that I'm so much worried about. So we'll see. I think you do this and see if he responds to it. If he doesn't, absolutely next week he's sitting, and then you make him earn that back as long as St. Brown is beating him out in practice. He's in a contract year, too. That's what I don't understand. Dude's in a contract year and giving minimal effort. I mean, who's going to want to spend money on you, man? Let's be honest. Yeah, for as good as he was at times the first couple of years, he always seemed distracted. And like I said, when they were getting beat or it wasn't looking good, I mean, he was good for a PI flag. He just was. Lost the discipline. The NFL's Players Union released a statement today. They would like to reiterate that they are in favor of every NFL stadium going back to grass. After Aaron Rodgers suffered a torn Achilles, is it the field's fault? Eh. It could be. More players are continuing to demand that these NFL fields go back to grass. I just, you watch that game on Friday night at MetLife, or I'm sorry, Monday night at MetLife, and you see like all those rubber pieces all over the place, like all over their faces, hands, and stuff like that. That can't be fun to play on. But what the Players Union brings up, and it's a very good point, Quote, while we know there's an investment to making this change, there's a bigger cost to everybody in our business if we keep losing our best players to unnecessary injuries. It makes no sense that stadiums can flip over to superior grass surfaces when the World Cup comes or soccer clubs come to visit for exhibition games in the summer, but inferior artificial uh, surfaces are acceptable for our own players. This is worth the investment and simply needs to change now. A lot of NFL fields, you know, we got the dome properties. It's This is easier to maintain, harder to grow sometimes. And then you get uh, these NFL fields, get other action on them throughout the season. And so the cost to repair turf and all, it, it, it's expensive. It's a money move. It's a money move. 
But uh, I'm with the NFL Players Union on this. You look at the cost it is to maintain that field for the year versus the cost of losing your starting quarterback. The cost of paying somebody guaranteed money like Joe Burrow and not have him out there. Right? Your team starts losing. Teams become more apathetic. Fans become more apathetic. They come out less. They spend less. They buy uh, the apparel, the all that stuff, less. This just seems like this is a no-brainer. But I get it. But now the studies are in. They're showing you the, the grass is better. The players prefer it. How many teams are still left with grass? Cardinals, because we all remember the fiasco from the Super Bowl. Ravens still run with grass. Soldier Field still grass. Cleveland has grass. Broncos have grass. Packers still play on grass. Trying to think who else. Chiefs are on grass, right? Miami's on grass. Pittsburgh's on grass. Philadelphia's still on grass. The commander's still on grass? I'm just I'm trying to picture the fields right now. I'm going through my divisions. So there's still a decent amount, but it's like something where half the half the league is turf now. And I get there's some places that you just can't convert it over to, I don't think. I can you grow great question for you know the Purdue turf guys. Like can you grow grass inside the Mercedes-Benz Stadium for Atlanta? Where you don't have like any of that overhead light and stuff, I'm sure there's probably ways to do it. I'm just not smart enough. But some of these outdoor places, I know Buffalo has the turf, but also with the amount of snow and stuff they get, maybe that works with the drainage. I understand there's still a few places, but the more grass, I think, the better for the league. That goes without saying. And finally, what in the heck is this alien story out of Mexico where they, they have the two bodies of supposed uh, extraterrestrials that are a thousand years old? They found them in some mines in Peru. What are these? Look at them. Like an action figure. There's no way I'm buying into this. Look, if you want to get, uh, and I'm pretty much in on there's, uh, there, there's aliens. But if you're going to show, this is not the evidence. This ain't it. This is weak sauce. Thing ain't even up to my kneecap. I'm supposed to be afraid of that? Get out of town. It's, I mean, it's not even close to real. Not even close. Guy's got special boxes made for him. It's just, it's, it's so weird. It's so weird. You gotta do better than this, Mexico. I'm not buying it. Got him out here looking like E.T. went on a huge diet. So tiny, thin. There's no way these things are real. Who's going to believe these things are real? Get out of here. That does it for us on the Hammerdown Show tomorrow. Shane Fry, Westside Red Devils with us here. We'll take a look at Thursday night football. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to Purdue and Syracuse. Time to start looking at those matchups and uh, just start thinking about getting ready for the weekend here. It'll be another big one with... College and NFL full bore again. 
and it all kicks off tomorrow here. So join us back. Oh, I also have those tickets for Purdue, Syracuse. You want to win those. Sold out Saturday night, Ross Aid Stadium. We'll have your chance to score those as well. That's tomorrow back here at 3 o'clock on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. See you tomorrow.